It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And welcome to another episode of Coffee Shop Philosophy. As always, I'm your host, Killian Hobbs, news editor for the Being Libertarian Family of Publications and the managing editor for think-liberty.com. Now, as always, you can follow us on all of our social media feeds for all three uh, companies we have. We can, well, you can. We've already followed all, of course. I don't know why I interrupted myself there. You can check out all of our podcasts on the podcast network. Uh, check out videos on YouTube, and you can check the uh, shops for any of the interesting merchandise we might have. Still flusters me a bit trying to figure out the exact way to say this little intro each time, which I suppose branches into the topic I want to cover today. It's a broad topic, so don't expect massive amounts of information in the 30-odd minutes that I put aside for the episodes here, but I want to discuss change. Now, it's a very broad topic, like I said, so I'm going to quantify things a little bit, and start to go through them. So what I'm going to cover are types of change. I'm going to cover how to deal with these types of changes or the mentality that goes into dealing with them, either positive mentalities you can take or the tolls that they can have on a person, as well as how to initiate change effectively so that you can best manage it. So let's talk about the types of change. Now, generally, there are two types of change, or at least two parent categories of change that you're going to go through in your life. Either it'll be a change that you initiated, so something that you chose to go do, something you chose to change, or it'll just be a circumstance. Something will happen that you had no control over or you had minimal control over, and that will tip the balance of your life. And that'll make change and that'll set you on a bit of a different path. So let's talk about the second part first. Let's talk about change you have no control over. Now, most of the time, if you don't have control over change, at least when we're paying attention to it, we become very frustrated by it. It could be something as simple as you didn't notice a mistake at work and all of a sudden you're out of a job or maybe you got laid off. It could be someone crashes into your car while it's parked on the street. So now all of a sudden you have got to take a day off work and get it to a shop, get it repaired. Tons of things like this can happen where you don't have a say on the change that's happening. 
in which case you're left with a few options. The normal option that people take is being overwhelmed and being frustrated with the situation. And that's a normal reaction. It's not a reaction to feel bad about. However, the better solution is to look at that situation and try to assess it. One thing that people generally aren't that good at is looking at themselves in third person. And what I mean by this is being able to step back from their immediate involvement in a situation and being able to look at things more objectively. It takes a long time to develop that kind of skill. It took me quite a long time to learn how to do this when I first heard of this notion. But taking the time to step back from yourself and observe it as if it's a friend telling you what happened and you're trying to give them advice. Taking that third-person approach, I find, helps deal with the stress of the situation, helps give you a clearer head for trying to come up with solutions to act on, and it also takes care of the emotions of the situation because you can put those on a bit of a back burner so that you can focus on dealing with the change at hand. Now, I don't want this episode to be very self-helpy, and I know it already sounds like it's going to have that kind of vibe. I personally detest self-help books. I, I find that while there's bits of useful information in them as far as psychology or certain life tips and stuff like that, about 80% of it is generic, wishy-washy, power to you, yeah, kind of stuff, and just, no, that's not my style. But what I will try to do is give you some practical advice that's mixed in with the information that I'm going to deliver throughout the rest of the episode. So back on topic, when it comes to change, this kind of unexpected change, this category, what you'd need to do is put yourself into a third person situation. Once you learn to do that, what you can do is you can start looking at the options of how to deal with it. So if, for example, you park your car on the street, you go into a coffee shop, you grab yourself a coffee, maybe a bagel or something, sit down, eat for a little bit. You come back outside. Someone had smashed in the side of your car. Someone must have driven by, hit the side of your car, drove off. You've got no license plate. You've got nothing to work off of. You have to step back and you have to say, okay, so what are my options now? This has happened. It's not something that I can undo. It's not something that I can change. I need to be able to adapt to it and I need to be able to do something about it but only do something about it after you've assessed. Sometimes people who have the ability to step back a bit don't step back far enough. They think they're stepping back, but really they're just jumping to react and jumping to do something about the situation to try to correct or try to fix it. And getting on something right away is a positive trait generally as well. But without any type of plan or any type of actual idea or assessment of what the situation is or what the change is, that's not going to lead to positive results. And if it does, it'll do so more by chance than it will because the something you did was actually the right thing. Back to the car example, if the car gets struck, you have to step back and say, okay, car's been damaged. First step, what do I need to do? Well, Take a look at the damage on the car. Is it something that needs to go into a shop or can you just buy some, you know, scratch remover or something like that and take care of it yourself? After that, you add it to your day's to-do list or you add it somewhere later in the week or in the next week that you need to get it into a shop to get it fixed. And then you take the steps to do that, change your finances a little bit to make sure you can adjust for those extra costs that have come up out of nowhere. 
and then you move on. And that's really all you can do in a situation like that is step back, look at what you can action, action it, and then carry on to the next step. And if there's anything you can do to prevent those types of negative changes that you don't want, then now you're more aware of them. You can take conscious steps to stop them from happening. Maybe instead of parking on the side of the street, you can decide to park in the actual parking lot that the place might have. And that could prevent someone from hitting your car more often than not. It reminds me, uh, now I've never, I've never been to one of these AA meeting things. I've never had that problem in my life, but uh, I am aware of a little prayer, a little saying that they use, depending on which version of AA you go to. Some of them are religious or some of them are not, to my knowledge. But there's an expression that they use, or a um, prayer, I guess, they use, that even if you're not religious, I find holds a good amount of weight to it. And it's something that I think a lot of people could use and remember when trying to deal with these types of changes that happen in life. The, the rough version, or the important part of it anyway, I should say, goes a little something like this. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the strength to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, you don't need to be an addict or anything like that to find value in those words. Being able to accept that some things have happened that you can't change. It's happened. It's done. It's over with. You do not have the ability to time travel. It's done. Being able to accept that and then work on solutions afterwards is important. As for the strength portion, that leads us back over to the second category, which was actually the first in the beginning. I should have really put those in the opposite order so there wasn't this kind of loop around, but that's neither here nor there. The first category, which is now our second, was change you initiate. So change that you choose to start. So this could be something as simple as you're tired of your job and you decide to go get a new one. Maybe there's not a lot of opportunity in the town that you're in, so you decide to move somewhere else. Maybe, you know, you finally propose. Maybe you decide you're finally ready to start a family. Maybe it's something as simple as you decide that you want to get a new shiny car. It could be any one of those things. It could even be the the smaller stuff, the little day-to-day -day things like, Maybe today you'll treat yourself to lunch. You're going to do something a little different and go to that uh, one Indian restaurant off in the you know far reaches of town that you've never actually been to, but you've always been proud to say that your small town has an Indian place because the next three towns around don't. Whatever the situation is, there's change that we can initiate. And what's important, again, is being able to do that step back, being able to take that third person stance and say, okay. I want to see X result. How am I going to see X result? Well, I need to change things. If you're not able to assess a situation and understand whether or not there needs to be change, you're not going to make good changes. You might impulsively say, I'm tired of this job. It's time to go and get a new one. Well, that sounds great. Until you quit your job, you go job hunting, and then all of a sudden it turns out that you lost the nice office job you have, and now you're a supervisor at a McDonald's again. Maybe you rush to get married, and all of a sudden 
after, you know, six months of being married, you realized, oh, well, maybe no, this, this was a bad choice. This, this person is, this person is crazy. This person's mental or they're not a right fit for you. You don't want to rush into change just because it's change and something new and something novel while always interesting and always able to keep things moving and going for you. It doesn't always work out in your favor if you just jump to it. Like I said earlier with the example of the car, you don't want to just immediately jump on trying to find a solution. You want to step back, assess, and then decide what changes make sense. It's always good to do, even if you need to put it on a piece of paper before you make a decision for certain things. It's always good to do something as simple as, say, a, a pro-con list on a change. But the assessment part's not what usually holds people back. While it's an important component a lot of people don't apply, it's not what stops them from making changes even when they know that it's the right change to make. You can know that the job that you're in isn't the right job for you. You can know that it doesn't make you happy. It's not giving you enough pay. There's no opportunity for growth in the company or maybe the job security is wonky and you're not too sure how long you're going to be there anyway if you just leave it. Whatever the reasons might be, there's a certain fear factor in changing a job or making a major life change like that. Even uh, even for those when they first move out of the house, there's a little bit of that well, am I going to be able to make it? Am I going to be able to handle this? Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? What happens if this happens? There's an apprehension that takes place when people make these types of changes, no matter how much planning they put into making the change. It's hard to commit to a major change in your life when it's not something outside of your control, which means that you're the one that has to own it. If it's outside of your control, you can always say, oh, well, this was caused by something else. This happened because of something else. I'm just cleaning it up. I'm just fixing it. But when you're the one that initiates the change, you have to own that change. And that level of not quite responsibility, that seems like it's the wrong word to use here, but I'm going to use it anyway because it's the best fit for the concept I'm using. You have the responsibility of the results. You are responsible for how those changes turn out since you're the one that's initiating them. So because of that, people get a certain anxiety about making the changes they need to make. My suggestion with this is that, again, go third person. Step back, take a look at the situation and say, if someone came to me and said, here's what's going on, here's what I want to do, Here's all the reasons to do it. Here's all the reasons not to do it. What do you think? Go through those as if you're not talking about yourself. Remove yourself from that situation and try to answer those questions. If you can do that and you come to a positive result, there shouldn't be any anxiety or any barriers to going ahead and making that change. Now, that's not to say that just by doing an assessment, you're going to get rid of any real life barriers that might get in the way. Like I might want to move to Cancun, but it's not like I've got the money or job prospects or anything like that in the area to make a move like that makes sense. But again, I would probably catch that in the assessment, in which case that can prevent me from making that change. What we need to understand is that sometimes 
these changes are necessary. Something without motion, something that remains completely inert, cannot be called alive. Now, I know I'm being a little flowery in my language here, which I'm usually not, but it's true. Something without movement, something without momentum behind it only can sit there and wither and rot. If you want to get somewhere or you want to see change, then not to dust off the the Gandhi quote, but be the change you want to see in the world. You've got to be the one who goes and does it. You'll have your apprehensions no matter what. You'll have your fears no matter what. And sometimes when you initiate those changes, there is no 100% guarantee, no matter how much planning goes into it, that it's going to work out the way that you thought it would. But that doesn't mean that you should stop yourself from changing and stay stationary. It does you no good to be afraid of change. Now, I'll use a, I'll use a more relevant example here. Uh, this is actually an example given to me by uh, Thomas Kilroy. You may remember him from the uh, Liberty on the Rocks uh, series that we had here. Uh, he's also uh, a technical wizard in the background of the Think Liberty podcast family. He does a lot of great work on the back end editing the podcast so that we don't sound uh, so we don't sound like we're recording this on lapel mics or anything silly like that. So he does amazing work there. Really got to give him a major shout out for some of the stuff he does, including the work he does for this show here. But he gave me the idea before about talking about migration. Now, when it comes to change, one of the more common and most impactful forms of change that we can undertake is moving. It's migration. It's changing our location because it changes everything else with it. Even something as simple as uh, not say moving to another part of the same town, but something as simple as switching cities. If you could move from one city to another, the factors that are involved in that can be pretty overwhelming if you are actually trying to look at them all. So let's say, um, let's say an average family. So husband, wife, kid, maybe kids in grade one, grade two, whatever, younger family. In that kind of situation, if you're looking at moving into a different city, then, well, you're looking at the kid's going to change schools. You're going to change jobs. The wife's probably changing jobs. Uh, depending on how, what type of travel you need to do, maybe you're changing cars or you're switching over to just a transportation system and you don't need a vehicle anymore, so that's going to have to change. Uh, you're going to end up changing the way that you spend money because now you have a new house that you have to uh, be able to afford the mortgage for. The entire outlook you have is going to change as well because your environment has changed. So it's not just these external factors like job and transportation or schooling has changed, but the things you see, even when you wake up in the morning, you grab a cup of coffee and you stare out onto your porch, that is going to look completely different. The types of shops that you go to, the type of people you interact with, the opportunities for people that you can interact with are all going to change if you do something like move. But people move constantly. Out of all of the changes that people go through, that's almost as common as changing jobs, is changing where you live. I believe I remember uh, 
a statistic on this, that the average person changes where they live at least once every five or seven years. Uh, as always, I recommend that you do the research and if something's wrong or something's right out of what I'm saying, then by all means, you can uh, send me a message and let me know if I'm right or wrong. But if I recall correctly, it was about five or seven years is the average amount of time that a person changes where they live. So very rarely does someone pick a house, plop down, set their roots, and that's where they are for the rest of their lives. That rarely happens. Even if they stay in the same city, they still change where they live in that city. And something as small as, you know, moving from the southeast to the northeast or something like that of your city, that can have a major impact on who you interact with, what you see, where you go, and just that environment shift. Now, think about how that impacts people who change countries. If you're from, uh, let's say, China, and all of a sudden you move to America, there's going to be not just the environmental shock, but there's also the culture shock that comes with that. So think of what goes through these people's minds when they make that kind of move. I mean, even in, uh, even in Canada, where I'm from, if you were to move from a place like Ontario over to BC, you would have a major shock between the different weather, the different culture that's there, the way that the government works, the types of things that are available to you that may not be available in Ontario and vice versa. All of these components of your life are going to change. And that's even just in the same country, moving from a province to province, which for the Americans listening is like moving from one state to another would be the equivalent. In the case of Ontario to BC, I guess it'd probably be best to say the difference of moving from New York to California would be about the the kind of culture change that you would go through doing that kind of move. But then you imagine people moving from a completely different country. Now all of a sudden you're in an area where most people don't even speak your primary language. The types of foods that you're used to, the type of living that you're used to, all of the customs that you're used to are all gone. They're all different now. And you're the one that's treated a bit like an outsider for not catching on to all of those changes. Whereas vice versa, when we see people coming in, a lot of us just kind of mentally group them as, oh, it's just you know, person immigrated from China. Okay, so they're going to be like this. But that's not accurate. I, I covered that in a previous episode about how humans naturally group people like that. But put yourself in the mindset of a person making that kind of migration. They travel all this distance. They've made that choice. They did that assessment. They said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to move from all the way over here to this new country, to this new place, to get this new life, this new job, this new world, and just change everything that I had going for me before. Most people have trouble changing what their lunch is. <laughs> if they have a set lunch that they have every day, it's hard to get people to break that habit. But here you have it where every person who has immigrated all this distance to come to any other country, they've gone through that mental change of basically ditching everything that they had and everything they knew in the hopes of grasping at a new life. I mean, I think of, uh, I think of the 
migrants that are coming up now from South America. Think of how many people are there, and every single one of them had that mindset change. Now, obviously, I'm not going to get into the, the politics of tens of thousands of people at this point, because I think they I think they got the count up to about 15,000 people was the head count going on right now. But anyway, that's a side point. You have all these people, these thousands of people marching through country after country after country, trying to get up here to start this new life that they've envisioned. They've ditched everything and they started this group migration up and through all of these countries to try to get to one spot. All of those people decided to toss aside everything that they had previously to try to get this new life that they envision if they come up here. Now, we can think of the politics of it, open borders, closed borders, um, the attraction of the welfare state, etc., etc. I don't want to talk about that because there's a whole bunch of things we can go into that. This is more just the mindset of these people that are coming up. Regardless of what you think their intentions are in different areas, their primary intention is making a change so they can improve their life. And they're willing to set aside everything they had, any housing they had, any money they had realistically. They tossed all of it aside for the sole purpose of starting something new, of initiating that change. And I think that that's probably the most brilliant example of the type of change that I'm talking about here. It takes a lot of mental effort to make a true, informed choice to change your life. Not just logistically, where you're putting the effort into weigh the pros, weigh the cons, do the assessment, and try to figure out what changes are going to be the most important. But there's also the emotional toll. Even if you're trying to think purely logically, you're going to have a bit of an emotional toll of, you know, you change jobs and, well, now you're not seeing the people you saw every day. Now you're the new guy instead of the old guy that was around before. You're not the one that's there teaching all the youngsters how to do stuff like you might have done at your old job. Now you're teaching, now you're being taught how things work by all the new people that you don't really know because you just change jobs. Now you're learning how to take on all these new tasks and how to do all of these new and different things that you just did not know how to do before. Or if you did, you didn't know how this group of people does them. I'll use uh, I'll use myself as an example with this. I didn't really have a whole lot of writing or editing history behind me before I took on my role as the journalism director for think-liberty.com. But I worked at it because I saw the opportunity. It was something that I figured would be a good fit for me. And hopefully those of you that bother to listen to me think that I've done a pretty good job on the website side. <laughs> but uh, I saw the opportunity. I jumped at it. I've set aside the amount of time in the course of a week that I can set aside to really make things happen and push as hard as I can to get the stuff I want to see done, done inside of this. And then we had the change where, you know, we had the merger where now, uh, instead of me being the like primary guy on the writing side, I'm now working. Well, I shouldn't say the primary guy on the writing side. I had an amazing team of writers that have worked with me on Think Liberty. I can't stress enough how wonderful it's been working with every single person that's been involved. But on the editing side, 
it was originally just me doing all the work on that part to make the rest happen. Now I'm part of a team. I've got to change into the type of policies that we work off of and the things, the way that things kind of need to flow because we're dealing with three publications instead of just one. So there's been a lot of learning, a lot of change, a lot of adjustments, and it's been a, a decent mix between the choices that I initiated to get involved and take things on and to learn how to do stuff and to try to get things where I want to get them and changes that I had no control over, such as the changes to the back policy and the way that things need to be done and the kind of flow that got established and all that sort of stuff. Now, it's all good. It's all positive. However, it was both changes that I either initiated and changes that I didn't. But the key point is being able to step back, assess it, and then work from there to get to the goal point you want. No matter what you tell yourself, there is no way to get to a goal without changing something. Unless you were already on that path, in which case you made a change earlier to put yourself on that path, you're not going to achieve a goal without making the changes and committing to them to follow it through till you reach that goal. The serenity to accept the things you can't change, the strength to change the things you can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Speaking of wisdom, as always, you can go to any of our websites, hit the little subscribe bell, and you'll have wisdom delivered to you pretty much daily from all of the wonderful articles that come in uh, from Being Libertarian, from Think Liberty, and from The Rational Standard. Again, follow us on any of our social media feeds, all the podcast feeds, and if you have any suggestions for the show or any questions that you would like to ask me personally, you can reach me at killian.hobbs at beinglibertarian.email. I know it's strange it's a dot email, but one of our, uh, our, our tech wizard has this whole thing set up and it works brilliantly, but it's a dot email. So just to, just to clarify that. As always, if you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, I'll see you again next week. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. 
If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.